RPG podcast that delves deep into the world of tabletop role-playing games, but we don't just stick to the surface level. We go where other podcasts fear to tread and tackle the serious subjects that others avoid. I'm Kayla, taking over the podcast hosting duties today, um, and tonight we have Leanne and Lindsay joining us. Hello. Hi, guys. Hello. Awesome. So we kind of have a female takeover tonight um, to focus on International Women's Day and women in gaming. And I'm super excited to have this conversation with both of you. Um, But let's go ahead and start with kind of how we've been starting all of the podcasts recently. Um, What have y'all been playing recently? Uh, Leanne, can we start with you, please? Um, well, uh, I have been playing a lot of cooperative games, so I'm still, um, in school. So there's not a lot of time for me, especially as a teacher. So, um, so I've been doing a lot of games with my students, but also at home, we've been playing, um, five minute dungeon and Lords of Waterdeep and, oh, and then just, and just one. <laughs> so. Which yes. is one of my favorites. Excellent. Um, and Lindsay, um, first time on the show. First yay! welcome, welcome. Show! Yay. Um, so I am also working in school. So what is favorite right now in school is Five Minute Mystery. Um, we play that almost every week. And when we're not playing that, we play a game called Cockroach Poker. Um, and if you ever played the card game BS when you were growing up, it's basically that with pictures of bugs. So like you have your bugs and you slide one over to the next person and you're like, this is a cockroach. And they have to tell if you're lying or not. Um, and everyone loves that. Um, I'm very curious about this five minute mystery. Can you share? Well, it's, it's by the same people as five minute dungeon. Okay. Um, but it's like clue except in the five minute mystery kind of or not clue not clue um guess who okay so like they look they find symbols um and i found a beautiful kickstarter edition at a used game store um that is complete it's gorgeous i pull it out and show everyone except it's all at school right now um (laughs) and um you find the symbols and then you get to pick a characteristic and match it up and see if you find the right person. So it's, it's a lot like guess who, but you can play with more people. Um, mm-hmm. and it's not as just dry as guess who. Okay. Well, thanks. Awesome. So I guess one thing that I know about the two of you that you probably don't know about each other is you both work in the school setting, um, oh. Lindsay and Leanne. So I think Leanne has been playing a lot of the five minute dungeon in her classroom. Mm-hmm. And I know, Lindsay, that you have that in your, your school setting as well, the five yeah. minute mystery. So my counseling in common. Yes. Oh, nice. Awesome. Well, I have been super busy with um, a bunch of D&D groups as they've gotten started up. So homebrewing a bunch of content for all sorts of craziness, including a group who has decided that putting lasers on cats sounds like an awesome idea. So we are having an artificer working on how to figure out how to make lasers for cats. And then um, their fun little consequence is going to be that I know cats chase lasers. So there's definitely going to be a role for if the cat chases the laser and all chaos breaks out. (laughs) That's awesome. Honestly, that sounds like my last game of masks. (laughs) I think we did almost the same thing in my last game of masks. Amazing. With with the game of masks, what group were you playing that with? Um, So that, you know, dual lives, right? Um, We have a local game store that runs a one-shot Wednesday. 
Um, so one of my friends was running that for One Shot Wednesday. Amazing. I love the mask setting. I feel like it works better for the one shots um, because we did try and play it as like a longer campaign, like come back and it just kind of felt like it fell apart after a couple of weeks of playing it. So cool. What uh, character did you get to play? Uh, I played, oh gosh, I forgot all the archetypes, but I played the Spider-Man like one, the one who's, who's super busy but her um, her secret identity is hidden. Awesome. Yeah. So for our listeners who may not be familiar, Masks is a Powered by the Apocalypse um, game that you get to take on the role of superheroes, and it's more of like a... Um, most of the most of them, if I'm remembering correctly, are like high school or, or around that age. Is that right, Lindsay? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, you have like your, your normal alter ego life and then you have your superhero life and you kind of get to act that out through mm -hmm. the, um, role play. And of course they've got all these different booklets that you can choose from because powered by the apocalypse is amazing at giving you just like an easier character creation setting. So. Uh, yeah, it's, I've actually started using some of their ideas for character creation in my D and D five E games. Um, especially with students, especially the idea. So one of the things that's great about masks is they give you questions to build the community as a team of superheroes, like in your character creation piece. Um, so I took a bunch of those questions and I cut them up and then I had my characters in one of my D&D &D groups um, be added in and like interview each other with some of those questions. Nice. That sounds really interesting. I think that's a really unique take on like especially getting younger kids which I know that you're working with a little bit younger mm -hmm. kind of into the D&D &D setting because I think like I said Powered by the Apocalypse just does a great job in my opinion of making it easy for you to come up with a character really quickly mm -hmm. awesome well that kind of we're going to kind of lead into what today we wanted to talk about which is women in gaming and how like kind of focusing on um, how to get more women involved or how to create a safe space or like what our experiences were as women in gaming. So um, I guess we can all, all kind of have this experience of what it was like coming to the gaming realm. So I guess the first question I want to throw out to you guys is, um, like, what was that experience like for you? How old were you when you got involved in the gaming realm? And like, what finally got you hooked in? Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and start. I'm, I'm relatively new. Um, so I did not start until my forties. Um, I can't say that I wasn't. Um, my husband was playing and uh, had started playing in a D&D &D group and um, for a few years and just before <laughs> just before the pandemic, um, I decided to go through a career change and I decided to become an educator. And that process was going to take a lot of school. And so I decided I was going to leave my job and just focus on being an educator. And he's like, okay, <laughs> I know you, you are going to isolate yourself. So get, we need you, we need you in our group. So I started, um, and I had been friends with, uh, well, Kayla's in my group. So I had been friends with Kayla and, um, the rest of the D and D campaign friends, um, for a little while since uh, my husband had joined. And I was, uh, because I was starting so late and it's not my wheelhouse, like I am not improv -y. I am not, I didn't, I've never considered myself a creative person. That's why I went into the field that I was an accountant. So not like the fun accountant, like the, the real accountant with numbers and stuff. And I, um, thought that it wasn't for me. Um, and then um, the best part of it is that 
our group was so supportive and patient and patient. Um, I'm still learning because there was a lot of stuff that I had to like kind of internally work on um, when it came to like letting go and just being playful and um, being okay with, I just had, I had a hard time with it. I and laugh I, because that's why I'm a DM. So. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, I just could, I, I just couldn't do it. And uh, I'm going to, I am going to blame my parents on that part, but <laughs> anyways, um, so that was, that was the biggest thing. Um, but what happened is we got started um, in a campaign. We were playing for like three or four weeks and then everything shut down and said, like everything, my school shut down, like all the schools shut down. Um, and then we started playing online and it gave me a chance to sit with my character for a little while. Um, and I loved her. I loved her. I miss her so much. She died anyways. <laughs> um, and, um, she was great. She was a great character. Um, but I also noticed that like, I had a very difficult time coming up with like backstory and stuff, but I'm sure that's not where you wanted to go anyways. So, um, little by little we were, I was introduced to like other things other than D and D and like, we have a whole slew of like board games and everything. And every time, um, Every time we, we would hang out and play board games, I'm like, oh, I really like this one. Let's get that one. Oh, I really like this one. Let's get that one. And then I found myself at Gen Con for the first time this year, which was amazing. Um, and it was just, it was just the best thing. And I really wish I had started like decades ago. <laughs> so follow-up question to that. Mm -hmm. Why do you think you didn't start so many years ago? Um, I honestly, I think it's that whole feeling that I am not, I don't, I don't, I'm not, didn't feel I was like funny enough. I didn't feel like I could handle like all these things. And I, whew, my ADHD is strong and I didn't think I would like be able to focus in on the game and my kids and my husband have played video games for ages and playing video games is not a thing that I do because my I I mean I like to solve math problems for fun so um <laughs> that's my that's like my video game um so I just didn't think that I could do this and manage all this or get into it mm -hmm. but um just kind of just hanging out and experiencing it and just t just slowly testing it and, you know, overcoming my fear of, because there's not really anything that you can screw up No, <laughs> most, most of the time, unless you like, you know, kill the whole group, but that's, <laughs> that's neither I mean, here nor there. I don't even know if that's a screw up. That's just another story plot, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. TPK, I guess Yay. we'll have a new story now. Right, exactly. Um, opportunities for new adventures. Yeah. But I, so Leanne, I know your husband and I know that he's been gaming, well, he started gaming when he was much younger and I know mm -hmm. that you all have known each other for a really long time. Mm -hmm. Did you ever have the opportunity to get in on games before the like pandemic game that you joined? Um, I did. Oh, 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 I did. We did play a little bit before the pandemic game. And I just remember sitting there on my first game. And now granted, like I'm not creative. So and and I'm a former accountant. So rules are very, very important to me. And like I'm a math. I teach math for a living and the, all the rules are important. And I remembered I was like, I'm gonna like, shoot the guy in the ear. I don't know why I decided that that seems pretty gruesome for like a first shot first kill. And he's like, Okay, um, roll. And I did. And I was like, and he's like, and you failed. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, where did, where's the handbook? Where does it say that I failed? And like, this is the part that was hard for me. Like, there's no, there's no set, thi it, set thing. Um, and it honestly, I don't think it really hit me until 
um, when we were at Gen Con and I was listening, there was like so many different like tables and I'm listening to like all the different groups of people and they're, they're talking about, one's talking about, you know, being in this, having this career and another thing and another thing and another thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know why I've never thought about this, but this is just make-believe. This is just make-believe with probabilities and statistics. So that's, <laughs> with that <math>. is it. <laughs> with math. It's math. But then, you know, then I talk to other teachers and like, no, it's make-believe with like government and it's make-believe with history. And it's, it's, you can throw all these different things in it. And yeah. And that's how you sell it to administration. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thankfully, I did, we didn't have to do like the, it, our, our school is very like, yeah. uh, student centered. So they have to make that push. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I didn't have to worry about that. Part. <laughs> I didn't have to push that hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Lindsay, what was your experience coming to the gaming world? Like, well, I am also a late comer to TTRPGs. Um, it was my pandemic project. I decided that since I couldn't see my friends, this was a way we could all still play together. Um, so I kind of initiated getting our group together and it was, um, it was mostly people from school. It was myself, another teacher, um, my social worker who was the only one in the group who had played before, um, and our speech therapist. Um, and then the other teacher dropped out. So then we recruited the social worker's husband. Um, but really honestly starting like kind of dabbling in listening to watching Critical Role. Um, my husband actually played AD&D when he was growing up. Um, and, and so he had gone out and bought a starter set. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to use this then since you're not using it. He's like, yeah, I'm too overwhelmed to play. Um, we're really unique. We're still playing together. And I've added one of my practicum intern students um, to the group now. We're really unique because we're all women in our group awesome um and i think that's really really cool that i've i've managed to teach three people how to play two are still playing and, and they love it um it's interesting that everyone's kind of avenue and hook is different um my practicum student who's our newest member is fascinated by minis and really is going to get into minis soon and like painting miniatures, um, which is something I my ADHD does not let me do. <laughs> that is way too detail oriented. Yep. The, you, can get the, you can make them bigger. <laughs> you can make them. The only thing I love, I love the idea of painting minis, but um, I'm old and my eyesight is going. So um, I have a friend actually. She lives in. Um, Illinois and she started painting like the large like she has she gets she prints or paints the larger um figures and oh my goodness her she's gotten better and better and better over over the many years of painting them so yeah that is definitely like a passion project my my kiddos are lucky when I like 3d print the thing I'm like great I did a thing guys look it's gray Everything is gray. Okay. Uh, I have a bag of meeples. We just use meeples. Oh, perfect. Love <laughs> totally meeples. a valid thing to use. A demonstration of you can do visual representation without exactly. spending a ton of money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that is one of the things that I talk about a lot because after I kind of decided to play myself, I'm like, well, this would be really good for my kids um, at school. And the year and a half after we got back, I had a teacher come to me and be like, listen, all my fourth graders are fighting. Do you have board games we can use? And I'm like, well, I don't want you to take my board games and lose all my pieces. So <laughs> um, why don't we teach your kids how to play D&D? &D? So I caught, taught 20 kids in a fourth grade class how to play D&D &D using the starter set. No, I did not run a game of 20 people. Um, I taught five kids how to DM. Nice. Um, so they all DM'd their own game. Um, and I would say I bought five starter sets, which is 100 bucks, and sets of dice for all of them, and it was less than $150. Wow. 
nice. Yeah, I think that it's definitely gotten an easy, like, an easier than getting maybe a board game addiction or a board game collection going. (laughs) Dice are a little bit more manageable on that side of things. I guess you can go, like, crazy on some of the things you can bring to your table. I may or may not have some of those things at my own personal table, but, um, yeah. So my, I, similarly, I came to, to gaming later, um, and also wish that I would have been able to get into it uh, a little quicker, but like my very, very first game was, um, dread, which is like maybe not a, a wide known game. So, uh, I was basically told, uh, we're going to play this role-playing game. My husband had been begging me to get involved, and it was like the night before Gen Con kickoff, and so I went down to hang out with some of the college friends. Of course, a bunch of guys, um, and they were running this Jenga Tower game, role-playing game. I'm like, cool. I guess I got in, and it was like a lot more physics involved than I was anticipating. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, I have no idea what I am doing. I cannot even pretend the physics. Like I am not role playing this character appropriately. You should have given me the social worker role. <laughs> like, <laughs> which one is the social worker out here? Um, but so yeah, I got really overwhelmed. And then Leanne, I think I had a really similar experience with you just like feeling this is not for me. Like this is not something I'm comfortable with or think that I can even do. Like, I don't want to be killing everyone else's joy at the table. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the hard part for me is like, I'm still learning and I don't want to make this more difficult for you. Um, yeah, I just, I couldn't get over, I think I couldn't get over like the, me making the situation uncomfortable for other people part. So, yeah. And I, I think it took me a while to wrap my head around too, because it took me several years before I was like, okay, I will retry this whole role playing thing. And then my retry was with Dungeons and Dragons after my husband, like basically begged and begged and begged, like, please try this again. I think you'd really like it. I think you'd really like it. Well, lo and behold, he was right. Um, I do really like it. I just didn't have the best first experience because I was really confused and a little overwhelmed. Um, and maybe, maybe it was just not the right setting or right time for me. But, um, I also remember being exposed to it a little bit in high school, but like, it was all guys in those gaming groups and like, not it felt like a really high barrier to entry to like get into something like that even being the theater nerd even being the band nerd um I was also the like sports person too (laughs) so it wasn't like a whole lot of invites coming my way for like playing with these weird games and I don't even know that I would have agreed to play in those games back then either like just with perceptions I don't know like too cool for this or whatever. Um, but no, I'm really happy that he persisted for years and years and years to get me into the gaming world. Um, but yeah, I, I think that some, some of my barriers, I guess, were around like the composition of the people that were gaming in those groups and just feeling really uncomfortable or not comfortable enough to fully engage at the time. But I'm Mm -hmm. super happy that my gaming group now is like a mixture of a couple of girls. So there's three women at the table. Mm -hmm. There's three male players. There's one male GM. Um, And like, I don't know. I feel like I've found my people or at least I'm really comfortable. But it's really funny because my online gaming group is all guys. So I've only gotten the experience to play in a completely female group one time and I was GMing it and it was, um, Oh, uh, Bluebeard's bride. Mm. So it was really fun to have all female players at like all female identifying players. It was really fun time. Um, I really need you to run a game of that for me (laughs) so I can play it. (laughs) I would love to, I love running Bluebeard's bride. Um, it is super creepy and a great way to traumatize your friends and I'd be happy to traumatize you as well. (laughs) Um, when you guys first got to the table, your first experience, was it what you expected it would be? Or did you have any idea of what to expect even? Um, 
so I kind of understood uh, what to expect because uh, my husband had been playing for a little while and he would talk about the game. Um, I had seen like components of the game. He walked me through like the um, character sheet and um, with the little game that we did with like our, our kids and our cousin, um, there wasn't a lot of backstory. Like we didn't have to come up with a backstory. We were just pick, pick a race, pick a, pick a character, all these things. And then, you know, and then we start playing. Um, I don't think, I think it was slightly more intimidated (laughs) coming into a group that had already been playing for quite some time. And, um, I think that, that, um, made me more nervous, um, uh, because I don't find myself very, um, creative person, but also everybody was coming up with these detailed backstories about their character. And I'm like, I don't know where she's from. I, this is not what I'm comfy with. I just want to play. <laughs> like, what, what do I need to do? And what was interesting is like, at the, I was given a book of like questions like to run through. And I think a lot of it, I, I, and how to develop the character and everything. And I, I was just like, I have, I have no, I have no idea. I don't know. Um, and I think as I started playing them, um, I felt more at ease and like started creating like this backstory in my brain while over like, cause man, I played, I played them for, oh, probably two years. Yeah. And like, she, they were doing stuff that I wanted to do. They dressed a certain way. They acted a certain way. They were quiet. They were all these different like bleed out or bleed in of like my personality and what I wanted also. Um, And then I started to realize like, oh, this is why it's important. (laughs) This is why it's important. So um, I think later when I played, I think I played a game with you, Kayla, where it was, you have this like tremendous way of like asking the questions of like how this character is, knows this character and this character know, and, and did you ever have a difficulty with this person and this person? I was like, oh my God, this is exactly what I needed. I needed this part of the conversation so I could like understand how I fit into this group a little bit better and can kind of get the wheels working um, because that right there is improv. It's improv. <laughs> and I never had that experience whatsoever. So I think, yeah, I think now I really wish that, I really wish um, every GM would start their, their, their campaigns was like, let's talk about how we know each other. Yeah. Like and that's one of the benefits of a powered by the apocalypse. Cause that is something apocalypse. Mm-hmm. It definitely does. Cause I just, uh, on Kayla's recommendation, I'm reading through junior ba- braves of the apocalypse. Now so too. much fun. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So a little peek behind the curtain, Leanne and everyone listening, um, that, that like, relationship building that we went through was pulled straight from um, Kids on Bikes and uh, later the uh, Junior Brave Survival Guide to the Apocalypse, which is the same, like, same rule system. But yeah, they have um, positive relationship questions, negative relationship questions, or like neutral relationship questions. And I love those questions so much. So I make all of my D&D groups answer those questions to start off with because I'm with you, Leanne. I think it's really hard to just, um, like be told, okay, you guys all meet up at this tavern and you're going to go do this thing. I'm like, I don't know you and, uh, I'm not going to go die with you. I don't care how much gold is (laughs) like, I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's really hard. Like, and I, I, I mean, personally, like I don't, 
I don't jump into conversations. I mean, I, I feel like I don't jump into conversation. I'm very much a wallflower until I'm comfortable. And and I mm-hmm. kind of feel like that's how I approach D&D as well as like I am out here on the perimeter just watching everything and then I'll like slowly start coming into the center. Mm-hmm. And I have a hard time not jumping in, but I had a really hard time, like you said, Leanne, not playing myself and mm-hmm. just playing myself as a character. So at the beginning, and I, I would agree, it takes about a year or more to like really get used to, for someone who doesn't improv, who's not a theater kid, to really get used to kind of like putting on another persona for playing. Mm-hmm. I feel like even if you are a theater kid, sometimes it's hard for you to like wrap your brain around like this character that you're creating versus like I'm handed a script and here's all the things that I'm supposed to say. And here's what my like face is supposed to look like or Mm -hmm. body language is supposed to be saying. Like, I think that that is good practice for being comfortable acting in general, but improv just feels like a whole different level um that Mm -hmm. that can make people feel not super comfortable i think right and i don't know Uh, so i i love ren fair i'm like a ren fair junkie (laughs) um my my whole dream is to just travel around the states just going hitting all all the ren fairs anyways so i am i dress for success when I go to Ren Fairs. And for me, it's like I go there and it, for whatever reason, it's like, I, it's like a cloak I can put on and be this other thing. And if I could totally dress for D&D, um, which would be amazing. <laughs> um, but it was just, it's just very hard to like, okay, I'm just sitting at this table and mm-hmm. like, what am I doing? And um, yeah, so it's definitely something that you kind of have to like, I kind of like dip my toe in and slowly get into the water a little mm-hmm. slower than the rest. Yeah. And I think playing with a group that encourages that too, because I could mm-hmm. totally see. So some of my first times playing were a little weird because I'd go to the game store and do a one shot Wednesday. So I'd be with a random group of people I didn't really know. Um, I very quickly found my friend, uh, Jason, and started playing with him. And like, I will always be in your group. <laughs> Please don't fill your group. I will be in your group. <laughs> um, but it wasn't until I started playing, um, I'm playing I'm playing a game now with a bunch of other therapists too, um, that I really feel comfortable enough to like take those risks and that they push me on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I kind of want to use that point feeling safe and comfortable with to kind of like go into a little bit more on um, how we help women who want to come to the table to feel safe and empowered and capable of doing that in a way that feels inclusive to them. Because I think historically speaking, like D&D hasn't had the best history of that um when we think of like the classic chain mail bikini situation Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. just like I think if we look back historically across like even Gen Con we can see that it's even now sometimes talked about as a very male dominated space but I know more and more like I feel like the makeup has been very mixed the last couple of conventions I've been to like seeing a lot more female representation. So how do we help females feel empowered and safe in our spaces to like come in and join us and nerd out with us? And I've been thinking about this since you asked me to do this um, and knowing that this was going to be the topic. And I've been thinking a lot about the ways those spaces are gate kept uh, and ways people gatekeep those spaces and not just in in board games or tabletop games but also in video gaming and in music um, there's a lot of times I will go to a concert or an event or a game and expect to be challenged of like oh well 
are you sure you're a Star Wars fan? Like, what do you know about this? This like the quizzing of name like, the top five Jedi. Yeah, Go. exactly. <laughs> like, are you just that fake gamer girl? And like, you know, like having to pr- finding ways to create spaces where we don't have to prove that we belong there. Um, that is beginner friendly. And I think that begins with like accepting all kinds of newcomers and being like putting it out there when you're setting up a game, like beginner friendly, first time friendly will help you set up your character. Um, and really making that clear. Cause I don't think if I had found, I, if I hadn't found a space where I could be a first timer, I wouldn't have played. No, I think that's a really good point. Um, I think same same as you're feeling. I feel like if I would have seen something like if I could jump in a time machine and see high school Kayla and like introduce her to the, like, here's the beginner group where they are going to handhold you through the character creation and they will handhold you through your first combat. And like, if you're not feeling comfortable talking, that's totally okay. We'll like, we'll fill the space or we'll help you come up with ideas. I feel like I am comfortable in my skin now to be able to do that, but that does feel like a big barrier to me. And I think that that is kind of speaks to being overwhelmed or uncomfortable or just not confident in yourself. So I agree with you, Lindsay. I think if we can put that out there, that would be really great. And part of that is having more women and girl GMs too. Um, I I started D and D club this year because all those fourth graders like are hooked. Mm -hmm. Um, I created a class of dice gremlins, except for like one kid. (laughs) <laughs> um, who hated it and will never do it again. Um, but thinking about D&D Club now, and I'll have six GMs, and half of them are girls. And that's I think awesome. that's really important. That's so awesome. That is awesome. Um, for me, I think it's, it's, it's stuff like this conversation of, like, kind of sharing how you got started and, like, what were the parts that were nervous? So what were you, what were you nervous about? And, um, because no, and it's definitely like knowing that you're not alone, um, (laughs) um, in this situation and you're not, if you're not comfortable, that's okay. You know, just dip your toe in, test it out, um, have those conversations. Um, definitely. Um, I think the big thing for me is, um, I, when I play, like, I am, (laughs) I have a hard time, like, remembering that I need to, like, get my next, get my next move, get my next action taken care of, know what my spell is and everything. I'm terrible at that. I am so terrible at that. And, like, I, for a long time, I relied on the guidance of my husband. And then eventually, I started realizing, like, I'm kind of letting this happen. Um, And then I was like, "Mm, no, I don't even, don't even give me directions on how to do this. I started, like, and, like, having that support from the other female members in my group saying, "Ah, she she said be quiet, she's going to do it, and Mm -hmm. we're going to be okay with it, and whatever happens, happens. And I feel like that right there is the part I... I needed that like lift up and saying, okay, you're right. It's not, it, I mean, it, it, it doesn't hurt anything. It doesn't hurt anybody. This action doesn't, you know, we'll fix it. We'll figure it out. Um, it is very much team, it's team oriented, (laughs) um, very cooperative, collaborative. Um, and I feel like that's the selling point for me is that, the social aspect, um, mm-hmm. the growth that I've had um, within myself, not only as a player, but also as an educator, as a mom, as, you know, um, a, just a person in general of like how I can um, communicate out into the world. And um, yeah, I, I, I just think that knowing how much or what it can do, the benefit, not benefits, but like what, how it helps, I think is definitely a, um, 
a sound. I think seeing representations too, um, Mm -hmm. which I go back to critical role because like they're one of the best, probably the best known D and D groups out there. Um, because me as a complete newbie could find them and watch play, but like having those good examples of women having a voice at the table and, and women, women having a leadership role at the table, um, Mm -hmm. Two, other than like the the pre- rep- representation in the media, which is normally just a bunch of like either preteen or teen boys sitting around a table or or men sitting around a table, like really changing that in because honestly, playing with kids, like they see this in Stranger Things, mm-hmm. they have maybe seen it in Gravity Falls, but it's coming from Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, like, if if they're seeing this, even especially my girls are seeing this and they still want to play, how powerful would it be to have a group of girlfriends sitting around playing D&D? Yeah. In a I popular show like Stranger Things, in a pro- mm-hmm. popular show like How I Met Your Mother. I'm dating myself, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I referenced Clippy with one of my clients the other day, and they're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, how old are you even? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I totally agree to that point. I think that that would be amazing to just have like that example of, hey, women are gaming too in this mm-hmm. way as well, and not have it be the like stereotyped version of like, I'm yeah. a I'm a girl gamer or whatever and not be challenged in that space. But um, I totally think that if we also have those, those like inclusive ideologies at our table, and this is like men and women, if you've got a new player at your table, period, no matter the gender, like be willing to help them through, but know that it may be something that is going to be really impactful for especially the female identifying people at your group, because it has felt kind of gatekept um, from the women population. Like we do see a lot of portrayal of just men and historically it has been just men. And so that may be a barrier that, we're having to overcome, it may be something that's just kind of created in our own head, but to have the support of the people around the table to help us through that would be very, very helpful. And I think keep people coming back and into this safe space that we've created. Um, What do you guys think you would want to tell girls wanting to get involved in gaming? Hmm. You can also be the leader and start your own game. Mm-hmm. Like if you really can't find that community, if if you're being shut out, you you do it yourself then, because mm-hmm. there's no, no there's nothing saying that you need to know how to do this already. I mean, I'm living proof. If at 42, I I'm still like figuring out how to GM a game, like. There are still times when I'm like, oh, I just gave you the next story point without you figuring it out because I just told you Um, (laughs) that it's okay to make mistakes. And if you can't find that community, make it yourself because people will come. Absolutely. I think that people are always looking for GMs and good GMs and like people that they can feel safe with. And that's what I mean by a good GM is someone who's going to listen and create a safe space, not someone Mm -hmm. who's going to tell an amazing story or be the next Matt Mercer, um, because that man puts in impossible to live up to standard for GMing sometimes, I think. Uh, But yeah, just creating that safe space and listening Mm -hmm. to your player feedback. And I think one of the biggest things that I had to overcome as I stepped into the GM space, into the GM role, was like, you don't need to know all the rules. Like, you need to have a good understanding of the rule set. But D&D's book sets are so big that like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm not going to have that memorized. I'm sorry, guys. And I put that flat out to my tables. Like, that's just not something that I'm mm-hmm. going to do. So you don't need to memorize every single rule. Just know that you're probably going to have to make some decisions on the fly and stick with those decisions or say, I have the, like, full right to retcon this in the future if I need to, <laughs> like, <laughs> as the GM and as the person in charge. And that's for every um, tabletop role-playing game that you're going to run. So... Mm-hmm. I guess that would be the other thing that I would want to pass yeah. on to girls is like, it's not just D and D. If you want to play a game, 
where you can be like in the Star Wars universe that exists. If you want to be the superheroes that exists, right? Like mm-hmm. there's so many other things other than D&D, even though that's what's in the media spotlight mm-hmm. most of the time, um, especially with yeah. recent events. Um, they really put themselves in the spotlight. Huh. Maybe not in the great way, but um, I yeah. Mean, but, I, I, but I feel like, I feel like Magpie started, Magpie Games start, really started to shatter that with how incredibly successful Avatar The Last Airbender role-playing game was. Yeah. Absolutely. So hopefully we'll see now that we're all getting our physical copies. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think for me, because um, sometimes, I think for me, I, just a matter of just sharing, hey, I do this thing. I play d and I play board games. I like to solve math problems for fun. Um, just sharing that little bit of information to younger women, y- female, children, um, or any, any child, honestly, to say, you know, this is something I like to do. Um, and like, especially with my students, I'm like, this is, I, I like put it out the first day. These are all the things that I like to do. And they're like, wait, you play D and D? And I'm like, yes. And I was like, and I love Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. And I believe in magic and all these other things. And they're like, really a math teacher. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I really do. Um, but also why not? Like, Mm-hmm. Why not make that happen? And then I have more, more, if you put it out there saying, okay, if you'd like to learn more, come talk to me. Or I, you know, I have like 150 students. I'm going to hit somebody eventually with it. <laughs> and what happened was I did. Um, and one of my students came up and said, hey, would you sponsor D&D? And I was like, absolutely. What do I need to do? And they're like, oh, you just need to sign this paper. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and that is pretty much it. And they mm-hmm. um, they came in droves, droves. Every every age, you know, beginning beginners and um, uh, advanced players and intermediate players and people, quiet students and mm-hmm. people who had never played before. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. I never played before either. And it, you just, you just got to dip your toe in first. <laughs> just dip your toe in. That's all it takes. I had 30 students sign up in three days. Wow. For D&D club. And then That's... I only started turning them away because I needed to start club like that Monday. <laughs> and I needed yeah. all their permission slips. So it was, oh, it was the ones that like, for the neurodiverse and the ADHD, there were a couple. I'm like, listen, I know you really want to play. Like, let me talk to mom. You can turn in your in your permission slip late because I knew it would be good for them. But, yeah, we have 32 kids, I think. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this has been a really great discussion, guys. I want to finish out by, if you're okay sharing, um, What's the most interesting character that you've played? Uh, oh, um, <laughs> so, um, well, like, okay, so I've got like a toss-up between the, the well, the one character I'm playing now. Um, she's a tiefling sorceress, and she has this little tail that's kind of growing on the back of her head, which is. Uh, a story beyond itself. Um, and she's been the most interesting. Now, being as I still consider myself a new player, it was the first time that I actually had to keep track of, like, spells and things. And every time she levels up, I'm like, what little goodies am I getting now? Um, so, yeah, she's been the most exciting. Um, but the one that I absolutely loved was um, my ranger. And um, she was just tough quiet and tough and yeah that's Mm -hmm. she was just she was just my girl so rest in peace Seely yeah (laughs) um I love making characters so even when I'm not playing something I'm usually like making up characters I'm, I'm actually um I just made a new one because I'm starting some duet play with one of my clients but um my favorite is the one I'm playing right now. Um, she's a half elf 
a failed merchant. Um, and that little twist on the backstory is what gets her because her products are um, companion stones, pet rocks. Uh huh. <laughs> um, so there's a reason why I'm a failed merchant. It. Super anxious, super eager to please. Um, usually does the wrong thing. Had her name stolen by the Fae. Um, but my group is kind of help, like helping us come up with, we've banded together now about being this traveling merchant group and we've come up with a pizza cutter, um, pizza, uh, crop tops, and fanny packs have all expanded our merchandise right now. Because we had this experience where we killed like 10 boars and we're like, what are we going to do with all this hide? (laughs) And we're like, a bag of holding, but it goes around your waist. (laughs) So trendy. Amazing. (laughs) But are you cool if you wear it around your waist or do you have to like wear it around your like arm slash side? Like crossbody? Yeah, crossbodied. (laughs) we also i think we are wearing them because that would get in the way of the crop top (laughs) oh Uh, true it would take away from that for sure yeah awesome well thank you Lindsay. thank you leanne so much for coming on and having this discussion with me i've been looking forward to it since it got pitched a couple months ago and we were talking so i really appreciate you both being here Um, And I want to take a minute to also thank our patrons um, for being there for us. And if you aren't already, please come join us at the Patreon and um, help us bring this show to the world. We would absolutely love the support. We love all of our current supporters. We wouldn't be here without you. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, feedback, criticism, whatever, you can always email us at fullmetalrpgbiz at gmail.com, or you can come to our website, fullmetalrpg.com, that has a link tree to our Discord. Uh, We have merch available there, including um, some pretty cool t-shirts, and you can also find the podcast, a video of the podcast at YouTube slash official. And you can see this ver- video version of the show or our previous video versions of the show. Awesome. Well, thanks again, guys. And y'all have a good night. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.